0: Jesus is real. There's
1: power in Your name. We find hope in trusting Your ways. We believe Jesus is
0: real. Here's the deal. I think one of the main things that. Is what Jesus does in our lives The main adjustments, paradigm shifts Is that when, as outside of Jesus You go into every relationship saying This is what I want And when you're in Christ You go into every relationship saying I'm here as an ambassador of Christ For what he wants And here's the deal Our selfishness, our thinking that everything Should revolve around us That's what's keeping us from the abundant life
1: Though you may not be chasing the American dream It's pretty safe to say That you want to have a good and happy life Well, today, Pastor Daniel helps you understand that the best version of your life happens when you let God change your perspective and your heart. As you grow with God, he'll transform you from a selfish, entitled person to one who generously serves others. This is where you'll find the deep joy and fulfillment you want. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 16 as he continues his message, Hello.
0: you receive somebody in a manner worthy of a saint, you treat them with dignity and with kindness and respect. And I'm here to tell you that if someone's in Christ, they are a saint. And if someone is outside of Christ, when we treat them with the ability that God can redeem them at any point, that changes the way we treat people. And we live in a day and age where our culture is lost. You cannot look to our society on how to treat people. But the thing is, is, we shouldn't have been looking to the society anyway. We look to the Lord. Lord hung out with the tax collectors and sinners. He got in trouble with the religious people because of who he spent time with. Jesus went first on the cross. And I love the apostle Paul. He hasn't even been to the church in Rome. He's saying hello to everybody. He's saying, Phoebe's here. She's been serving the church. Receive her in the manner worthy of saints in the Lord and the sister in whatever business she might have needed for you. For indeed, she has been a helper to many of myself also. So Phoebe has got this absolutely awesome testimony, right? But then he goes on verse three, he says, and greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risk their own necks for my life to whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. There's this husband and wife team, Aquila and Priscilla. We meet them in Acts chapter 18. Right, they Paul joined them in their in their vocation as tent makers. If you remember, Aquila and Priscilla were used by the Lord to help uh, upgrade, so to speak, Apollos' theology. He didn't know about who Jesus was. He just knew that God was going to send the Messiah. He didn't understand all of it. To know who, this, who the spirit of God was. And Aquila and Priscilla, and God used them. And they've been moving through the Roman Empire, blessing people. All the churches of the Gentiles know Aquila and Priscilla. It would seem that their job of tent making brought them around. And now we find that there's a church that is meeting in their house. So, you know, we have to remember that the early church would be, it was a series of house churches in a community, right? So Aquilum still, they had opened their doors of their house. They were running a house church there. And then of course, it says this, greet my beloved Eponidas, who is the first fruits of Acacia to Christ. So Eponidas was the first person in that area of Acacia in Asia who gave their life to Christ. So Paul is beginning to greet all these different people, and it's a good reminder to us of what it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. It says, And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That idea of receive people in a manner worthy of saints, it speaks about this, this hospitality, being hospitable without grumbling, right? To have a heart that is generous to people around them. Now, I realize that in this day and age, when I say that, everyone's like, yeah, I don't understand why they're not so hospitable to me, right? But the thing is, they're not saying, worry about how everyone else treats you. It's about how do you treat other people? Remember, you need to go first, I realize that one of the big struggles we have in our day and age, everyone expects to receive, but nobody wants to give. Like so everybody wants the friend, wants friends, but nobody wants to be a friend. Everybody wants people in their life, but they actually don't want to be in other people's lives. They they want what they want. And here's the deal I think one of the main things that is what Jesus does in our lives, the main adjustments, paradigm shifts, is that when as outside of Jesus, you go into every relationship saying, This is what I want. And when you're in Christ, you're going to every relationship saying, I'm here as an ambassador of Christ for what he wants. And here's the deal. Our selfishness, our thinking that everything should revolve around us, that's what's keeping us from the abundant life. The shift is now, it's not about me and what I want, what I think I deserve, right? Isn't that, that's the entitlement, right? I'm mad because I'm not getting what I deserve, right? When you're in Christ, now all of a sudden you're saying, I'm here as an ambassador of Jesus and I trust Jesus to take care of what I need and so I'm just here to help. I'm here to serve. And that's why it says that we should be hospitable without grumbling. Because for many of us, we grumble when it's time to receive somebody, roll out the red carpet, we have to do for other people. But the apostle Paul begins this ending section here and he's talking about this and he's saying, listen, you should treat these people amazing. You know, and then he goes on, and and really verses six to fifteen here, we get this almost like a like like a bullet point list of saying hello to different people. Look at what it says. Verse six: Greet Mary who labored much for us. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my countrymen and my fellow prisoners, who were of note among the apostles, who were in Christ before me. Verse eight: Greet Amphilius, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ and statues, my beloved. Greet Apollos, approved by Christ. Greet those who are of the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my countrymen. Greet those who are of the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet uh, Tryphena and Tryphosa who have labored in the Lord, greet the beloved Persis, who labored much in the Lord, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother in mind, greet Athyncracus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermes, and the brethren who are with them, greet uh, Philologus and Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Now, Really what we learn here is that the family of God is amazing. This is what we learn here. See, there's all these different people and we don't know these people, but Paul has little things that he says about each one of these people. And what's interesting is, is oftentimes you're like, well, wait, wait, Fusco, you told me already that Paul had never been to the church in Rome. How does he know all these people? But you got to realize that within that culture, people were moving around a lot. How many of you ever met somebody on the other side of the world or the other side of the nation that lives right in this area, right? How many of you gone around to other places? You know, people who know Crossroads, lots of us. Why? Because the world is smaller. And so through Paul's missionary journeys, through the journeying of people for business or whatever they're doing through the Roman Empire, there's all these people that the apostle Paul knows and each one of them is a story in and of itself. We don't know, like, greet Mary who labored much for us. We don't know which Mary that is. There's lots of Marys in the Bible, right? But there's a story behind who she is. Andronicus and Junia, they might be a married couple. We're not totally sure. But God used them. Right? They're, they're Paul's countrymen and my fellow prisoners. So they spent time with Paul in the pokey for the cause of the gospel. Right? People that he knew there. Right? They're of note above the apostles. And notice he says that Andronicus and Junior were in Christ before me. Amphlius, my beloved in the Lord. Some are chosen in the Lord. We have all these different things. And, and really what you realize is that for each person, there's a story. You know, and and I always think about this when I, when I see these lists of names in the midst of the Bible, I always think about if Paul was writing that letter today, I want, I I always like I want to live my life that I'd be in one of those lists and not in the list because I did something wrong. Right. Because there are some of those, right, where someone's in the Bible, their name is in there because they're doing something wrong. But really what this speaks about This speaks about the testimony of a person Within the body of Christ And how God uses unique people Uniquely Of course this reminds me of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Verses 27 to 31 When we realize how amazing the body of Christ is It says now you are the body of Christ And your members individually And God has appointed these In the church First apostles and second prophets And third teachers And after that Miracles and the gift of healings and helps and administrations and varieties of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. See all these different people play a unique role in the local expression of the body of Christ there in Rome today. And in the same way, you know, as you get to know the Crossroads family, you begin to realize that there's so many amazing people here in our family. You know, I remember a number of years ago I was over at a, uh, one of our one of our folks here. Many of you know Ken. You know, and, and it's funny. I was in Ken's in his kitchen, and, and and he's gonna probably kill me for telling you guys this story. But 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 on his closet there was all these different lanyards, and literally he has like the the collection of every style of lanyard ever given out at Crossroads. Like every iteration, you know, the lanyards are where you wear the thing. And, and, and it's funny because you could see Ken in all these different parts of his journey as he's growing up like everybody else. And there's a time when he's, you know, he's got a full head. He still has a full head of hair, but he, you know, younger and it's black and white. And then before you know it, this thing is different and this thing is different. And I was like, man, if Paul was talking about the church across, he's like, man, greet Ken, beloved in the Lord, Right. You know, I was just joking. We were, we were in the kids area, you know, and the, and the newly redesigned and the lights are cool for the kids in there. And Brian's like, man, this reminds me of like the seventies, man, (laughs) you know, it's so funny, but, but, you know, and, and Patty, she's just there doing the check in and Brian's there to bring Brian. And, you know, you just go through the life of this church and there's so many people who are amazing in so many ways. I could do this all day long, all day long, right? Why? Because the family of God is amazing. But I bring this up because, you know, oftentimes, and I realize, you get any group of people together at any given time, and there's issues, right? Like, there's nobody's perfect except for Jesus. But for, along the way, sometimes people get hurt because one person didn't treat them right, but there's a whole other church full of people who are amazing people, right? Now, we have a tendency to do that, like, man, so-and-so, and that's not, not really happening here, but, like, for many of us get wounded because someone said something, but there's all these other amazing people, Right, who God is using in so many amazing ways. I was thinking about this on our on our staff here, at Crossroads. There are two people on staff who grew up at this church. Like our uh, director of building services and IT, Jason. His mom was Pastor Bill's assistant, and she resigned her position so she could give birth to Jason. Right, and Jason's been on staff here for like almost twenty five years. It's like he got taken on staff before there was child labor laws. Now I'm just kidding. He came on when he was 18. And, and then, of course, there's, there's Pastor Jason. Jason Ritchie, you know, grew up in this. So, you know, it's amazing when you watch the family of God come together. And some people have been around here for a long time, right? And then there's other people who just showed up. And God wants to use you. But for each person on this list, and I believe that for each one of us, we want to find ourselves as part of the family in a fully engaged way that people would know who we are. People would know What our history is, people would be able to see the work that God has done in our lives, right? Because God wants us to share our lives with one another. Now, I just gave you a few quick examples because I know I could do this all day. I, could, I mean, I, even as I look around the sanctuary, this is just one of our many gatherings today. And so many of you, there's stories and testimonies and things that God has done and steps that God has moved in your life and the way that God has used you to impact other people's lives. But God wants all of us to be involved in what he has. So, you know, it, it is amazing because... I've had so many discussions with so many people. People have been touring the campus. I was in the, in, in the kids center earlier today and it was all these people looking through the, wow, this is amazing what we've done. I was talking to some parents who have middle schoolers and high schoolers and they were talking to me about the work we've done in the auditorium for the students. And it was amazing. I, I got to be at church on Wednesday night this past Wednesday and to see 200 or so middle schoolers and high schoolers worshiping the Lord. It's like, this is powerful what God is doing. And it's not because of the buildings, but you, how many of you ever walked into a restaurant and turned around and walk out? You're like, I'm not eating in there, right? Yeah. Why? Because you look in It's like, nobody cares about this. And how many of you walk into a place and it feels great. And you're like, Oh, I like this. Right. Right. Like you, you never get a, a second chance to make a first impression. Right. Now here's what the thing is, there's nothing worse if, if the buildings are beautiful, but nothing else is going on. Right. And we've all been places like that, right? Like you walk into a restaurant, and it is beautiful, and the food comes out, and you're like, not coming here again, right? So it's not just about the aesthetics, it's about the substance. And as a church family, we care about both sides. Like, we had, I had someone say to me, like, you know, they were, they were talking about Crossroads, they're like, well, you guys, like, you make this, you know, it's, it's all so nice looking, like, you know, like, you should give that money to the poor. I'm like, actually, we give lots of money out. We're more engaged in most places and we still have a long way to go. I'm like, but we don't, we're not going to do one or the other. We're going to do both. There are people who the reason they came to Crossroads is because they're like, wow, you actually care about this place. You put your best foot forward, right? And then they realize that, yeah, we're teaching verse by verse through books of the Bible. I met someone just recently. It's so funny. Made me laugh. They're like, man, they're like been to Crossroads for two months. I'm like, oh, no way. How'd you find Crossroads? I was like, well, I've been hearing about Crossroads since I moved to town five years ago. And I'm like, oh yeah. What made you finally come, decide to come? Like, well, I saw some pictures of you. And I thought to myself, that guy can't teach the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, and then I started to watch the two minute messages. And I realized he's not even quoting scripture, not, not by address. He's not really serious about Jesus. And I'm like, oh Yeah. And he's like, and then, you know, something happened and I was late and then I was just, I was driving, I just turned on in and you're like teaching through the book of Romans. And I thought to myself, I didn't know you did that. And I'm like, well, you can't judge a book by its cover. You know, as if, as if what we do on social media is a church service. You realize that the reason we do what we do on two minute messages is because we're trying to chum the waters, We're we're, we're trying to get people to start thinking about who Jesus is, right? And and we realize that we get them to start thinking about who Jesus is, right? People who don't know the Lord. And I know that many of us who love the Lord, we love those two-minute messages. And if you know your Bible, there's all sorts of verses that are being alluded to underneath the surface. I just don't have to quote them because on Facebook, nobody cares if I quote them. But at church, I quote them, right? But again, people have this tendency not to realize what we're doing. They think, oh, it's all superficial. No, it's not. It's like, oh, yeah. I had someone say, oh, yeah, your worship here at Crossroads. It's a big show. It's not a show. Why do you have cameras? I'm like, well, it's a big room. And we've reached 10,000 people a weekend on the Internet. You know, and I'm like, so you you don't need to shut your eyes. You need to look at the cameras. You know, and I'm like, and really, if you're worshiping Jesus, you're just reading the lyrics if you don't know the song. It's not a show. Those people are worshiping. They love Jesus, man. They're just, they're using their gifts. Just the way someone who's in the serving in another area, they're using their gifts. Right? And it's like, well, we have the lights in there. I'm like, the lights don't make it a show. The lights, you have lights in your house, right? I saw someone's like, oh, those lights. I don't want to go off on the terror. People are funny that way, though, you know? Someone's like, oh, man, the lights. I'm like, do you have dimmable lights in your house? i like, no, I wish I did. I'm like, so carnal. <laughs> they just looked at me. I'm like, so you like dimmable lights? No big deal. But here's the thing. As a church family, we are committed to reaching people. We're committed to it. So what we realize here is, in the book of Romans, the family of God, it's amazing. And I just want to encourage you to be amazing parts of God's family. Let God use you. Let the Lord take your testimony. Take the ways he uses you and let it build that message of who Jesus is, how God transforms people's lives. Now, I I left off one verse, and I did it on purpose, and so we're going to close here with verse 16 today. Look at what it says here. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. Brothers and sisters, I got a simple encouragement. You got to pucker up. (laughs) Now... What you don't realize, what you don't realize here is that out of all the things that we believe about the Bible, very few people take this verse to heart. But what's amazing is, is this greet one another with a holy kiss shows up five times in the New Testament So, not once, not twice, not three times, but five times. We have it here, Romans 16, 16. You have it in 1 Corinthians 16, 20, 2 Corinthians 13, 12, 1 Thessalonians 5, 26, and then 1 Peter 5, verse 14. Now, why don't you guys pucker up then? Now, I say that, and I realize that some of you are freaked out right now. Because, so let me talk with you about this. Notice it says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Okay, so this isn't like you trying to get your groove on or something like that. This is—it's a holy kiss. And I realize I'm all Italian, right? And so I grew up in a family where it was very warm you know, uh, oftentimes you kiss on both cheeks, that, that European style. And, and so I realize that we we're kind of more here, uh, more formal, a little bit more rigid. And so the the contemporary notion would be like the handshake, like we, we keep a safe distance and all that stuff. But the idea of greet one another with a holy kiss, it literally speaks about the warmth of the body of Christ. See, Paul saying, listen, be warm to one another, be caring to one another. And so I say pucker up because I think it's Bunny and I figured I'd get a little giggle out of you, but but listen, are you a warm person? Now you can be warm and still be reserved. You can be warm and you can be gregarious. Like if you notice, if we meet one another in the family room, there's a good chance I'm going to say, "Hey, can I give you a hug?" You know, and almost everybody says yes, and some people say no, and I honor that because you don't have to get a hug, but I'm hugging you in my heart. You know, like you know. <laughs> But but the thing is is you could you can be warm and you don't have to give a holy kiss if you unless you want to. Of course. I always think about that. When I got to Crossroads, uh many of you know another longtime Crossroads family member, when I first met him, he started giving me a holy kiss. And in the beginning I'm like, I love this guy. And Phil's wife, Linda, would just kind of like look and like, you know, but now I look forward to my holy kisses from Phil. You know what I mean? And I remember he's all clean shaven, but he grew his beard. I'm like, we got to be careful. We're going to be stuck together like Velcro, you know, (laughs) but the idea is, is like, God wants to make us warm people. Does that make sense? Now I realize that as we're talking about this idea of, 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 of a relational warmth that it's a a loving and a kind and an inviting place, right? Now, I realize that for some of us, because of past hurts, traumas, being warm is not easy. Like, you're just like, there's reasons that you have like an arm's distance with people. And, 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 And what I would say in that situation is, first, I'm so sorry for whatever went on to create that for you. And I realize that those things are real. But... What God wants to do in each one of our lives is he wants to take us from where we've been and bring us to where we've never been. He doesn't want us to live in a perpetual cycle of the hurts we have. We can say, look, I'm, I've gotten hurt here. And, and, and listen, and no one's going to violate that in the name of being warned. Jesus is-
1: Today, Pastor Daniel finished up this teaching by sharing that believers should greet each other with warmth and affection. He explained that because the church should be a mirror of God's love for people, it should be known for being a kind and inviting place. This isn't always easy. You may have experienced hard things that make it difficult for you to reach out in this way. But God wants to bring you into a new place as you take small steps out of your comfort zone and move toward others. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing
0: through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus's Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at Jesus'sRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655
1: or email me at real at danielfusco.com. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel takes a look at Paul's closing thoughts to the Romans you'll see that Paul exhorts believers not to be divisive, but to seek out unity with others because God's love unites. Pastor Daniel will help you understand the difference between being divisive and simply disagreeing with people. We wish we had more time today, but we'll have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Amplify. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.